Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hacking HR podcast, the show where we talk about the amazing future of human resources and all things at the intersection of future of work, technology, innovation, organizations, transformation, and people. At Hacking HR, we believe that human resources can become the most important trailblazer, leading people and organizations successfully and effectively into the new reality of work and life. To do that, we must rise to the challenges of our times, shoot for the stars, and achieve our fantastic potential. During this show, we discuss ideas, insights, data, experiences, stories, and anything else that can contribute to helping you become and be a better HR leader and practitioner. Thank you so much for joining us today and enjoy the show. And I'll probably set the, 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 the remote working aside for now because that's a whole different element that we have going on. But just, I mean, building good teams from the get-go, you know, the last couple of roles I've been in, uh, you know, I think people are intrinsically good. I mean, they're, they're skilled in a certain way. They're wired in a certain way. They're born a certain way with certain gifts and strengths. And I think our role as HR leaders is to find what is that, what, what's that role where they can really, they feel the wind in their back or the wind in their sails. And, you know, I've walked into a couple of situations where by no fault of the employee, you know, they're in a role that they really don't want to do. They're not really good at it and you can see it and they're not producing well and nobody's happy. I'm not happy because they're not doing well. They're not happy because they got to kind of come into work and punch in and punch out. Um, and I think it starts with having just some authentic trust-filled discussions be like, do you like what you're doing? You know, and not trying to lead the witness, but like, do you enjoy what you're doing? What do you want to be doing? Tom is the VP of Organizational Effectiveness at Atletico Physical Therapy. He's a seasoned HR leader with a diverse background, including 23 years at Accenture in consulting finance and HR, and most recently serving in HR executive roles at three different healthcare companies. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. And I am really excited to have this conversation about building great teams, integrity, and how, of course, all of those matter for the work that we do in the HR space. So, Tom, welcome. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for having me today. Appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Really happy to have this conversation. And and I want to begin by just talking about good teams, right? And especially when the world was sort of upended by the pandemic and things have changed so dramatically in the past few months. And we, we were used to trying to do good teamwork and trying to build good teams, being in the same physical space. And we still had challenges back, by, back, back then. Now mm-hmm. we are in a different setup. We have a different uh, set of circumstances and reality, but we still need to build good teams. So let me ask you, what are the elements of good teams and how can we build them taking into account the circumstances in which we are going through right now, specifically remote work and, and distributed work and whatnot? Yeah. And I'll probably set the, 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 the remote working aside for now, because that's a whole different element that we have going on. But just, I mean, building good teams from the get-go, you know, the last couple of roles I've been in, uh, you know, I think people are intrinsically good. I mean, they're, they're skilled in a certain way. They're wired in a certain way. They're born a certain way with certain gifts and strengths. 
And I think our role as HR leaders is to find what is that, what, what's that role where they can really, they feel the wind in their back or the wind in their sails. And, you know, I've walked into a couple of situations where by no fault of the employee, you know, they're in a role that they really don't want to do. They're not really good at it and you can see it and they're not producing well and nobody's happy. I'm not happy because they're not doing well. They're not happy because they got to kind of come into work and punch in and punch out. Um, and I think it starts with having just some authentic trust filled discussions to be like, do you like what you're doing? You know, and not trying to lead the witness, but like, do you enjoy what you're doing? What do you want to be doing? And just asking some really basic questions like that. Sometimes it just opens the floodgates for where exactly you should go. You know, one example that comes to mind was, you know, somebody who is on our HRIS team and um, they're struggling a little bit. And I'm like, do you like doing this? And she was like, no, I don't. And I was like, I appreciate your honesty, you know? Um, so what do you want to be doing? She's like, well, I'm actually skilled in payroll. Well, and I'm like, well, why are you on this team? She's just like, well, they needed full-time help. And I wanted to help again, altruistic motive. I wanted to help. I wanted full-time work. So yeah, I said, I, I'd figure it out. So she wasn't skilled. I mean, she had the right heart, um, you know, but it's just like, she just wasn't skilled to do that. We can't force dolphins to be squirrels. I mean, she was just differently, you know, skilled that way. And once we kind of got her on a path and it took five, six, seven months to kind of look slowly, kind of edge her out and, 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 you know, working for the good of her and me and the company and, you know, having her a soft landing and now she's off, you know, doing what she likes to do. And I hear from her every once in a while, she's like, oh, I love what I do. And we've now got somebody who replaced her who is skilled in that. And they just breathe that stuff. And you could just tell like, uh, you know, what do you do with your discretionary time? This person plays with HRIS and data and, you know, on their own, it's crazy. It's just like, you just love to see both people now in that situation. And it's, it's hard. Those first couple discussions are hard to get that on the table of like, no, I don't like what I'm doing right now. And I do think I'm gifted and skilled uh, and blessed in a different way. And, and so can you help me get there? So, yeah, no, absolutely. Now, what you are describing, of course, in my in my view, it sounds intuitive, right? You you find somebody, you ask the questions, you know that people are uh, good for something, and they may not be in the place where they are their best. And if you move them around, or if you find the opportunities, this person can be and and give their best. But you gotta ask the questions. And I, I find very often that those questions are not asked in, in teams. It's for some reason, we don't have those kind of open conversations that you were talking about before. So what are the obstacles? What is preventing leaders, people from having these very honest, authentic conversations about what do you like? What don't you like? How can we find a way to compromise in something that is beneficial for the organization and for yourself? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think it really boils down to trust. Like if I were to come blowing in the door and say like, hey, this is what, I'm the new sheriff in town. Here's what's going on, you know, and put everybody in their spot. I mean, of course people would be apprehensive and what's going to happen to me? Am I not going to have a job? Like I need to have a job. I have bills to pay. You know, all the, all the angst of, because of the unknowns. But if you go in and just have very transparent discussions and say like, where do you want to be in a couple of years? And, and, and I, honestly, I couldn't do that in day one. I had to kind of, you know, bite my tongue, look around for a couple of months, see what the lay of the land, who's doing well, who's not doing well, what's their brand, you know, what, what do other groups say about, you know, this group or that function or whatever, and then be able to like, all then, you know, during that two or three months, 
having very honest and open and genuine one-on-one discussions. And I think the more time you spend just people being people, you build up trust. And then they say like, okay, well, Tom's not trying to be a jerk. Tom's not <laughs> trying to like launch me to the curb. He's genuinely trying to find me a better place where, you know, where my skills are best appreciated and used, you know? And I think that adaptability, you know, you got to read people differently. Some people do not, you know, I, I'm, I'm very kind of like blunt and on the table and black and white. Um, and, and so we as leaders need to adapt to that because some people aren't receptive to that. Communication goes both ways. And so I think building up that trust, once they get to the point of like, you truly are looking out for my best interest. And I am looking for the win-win. I'm looking to win for you and for the company and for this role and for this function. And then everybody at the end of the day, you know, is a good, in, in a good place. But yeah. I think adaptability is, is another kind of maybe unsung hero of that, which is, you know, you think about where we are today, like, like you said at, at the outset, you know, we, we've got all of our teams and we're all fine. And then all of a sudden, boom, COVID hits and everybody's remote. And, and I like to see people. I like to be around people. And I don't get that right now. Um, but it's also, it's not all about what's, what Tom needs. Because now, I, you know, I work with a lot of, you know, dual working parents and how parents are doing this with like a seven-year-old crawling all over them. And they've got their own schedule, just like you and I do now, like adults. And they've got to be on Zoom at 1045. It's like, we just need to take a deep breath and be like, okay, what does that person as a human being need right now? And if, if I just say like, I'm not going to schedule any meetings with you in the mornings, just get your, get everything sorted out. And you and I will always meet in the afternoons. Is that really like how I normally do things? No, it's not. But is that what they need? That's where I've been pushed as a leader to be like, what is really important? Like, do I have to see you live and in person like this on Zoom? Or can we do it by phone? Or can you do it from like the line of cars where you're picking up your kid and we, where I don't have to be able of showing you something on your phone or sharing out or something like that. And so I think that kind of give and take also builds up the trust that, you know, hey, I'm genuinely interested in a well-rounded, uh, balanced, happy you. And if that's true, and I do things like work and non-work related, you're going to be a better worker. You're going to be more happy. You're going to be more you know, uh, uh, feeling the passion come through. So, so that adaptability with the trust, I think is a big thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now you, you have mentioned the word leadership several times in, in our chat and, you know, from both personal experience, but also from conversations, it seems that it's always most, most of the, most of the times that there's a lot of difficulty from a team member to come forward to a leader and say, you know what, I am good at this and this is not what I'm doing. Because there's a fear be behind mm -hmm. that, right? The fear of like, wait, if, if I don't like what I'm doing, maybe they fire me because that's what they hired <laughs> me to do. Uh, right. or, and that's just one example of the many things that are, could prevent people from asking a leader to have the conversation. So I want to ask you sort of the reverse question here. What can leaders do to set up the stage for these conversations to happen? What is it that they can either say or their behaviors, their competences, their skills that make people feel, you know, even if my leader is not asking me to come forward, I feel that I can do it without the fear of being fired for saying yeah. my, you know, for expressing my feelings or talking about career options and whatnot. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's about balance. Like, what are you asking people? Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm in this, I'm terrible at this. Like I'll, I'll, I'll check myself every once in a while where like I'll, I'll, I have, you know, team meetings and what do we talk about? It's like, 
you know, operations, 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 data, operations, the new, uh, you know, initiative, project, whatever. And then boom, we're out of time. And what did they get out of that? You know, they're like, well, that was fun. You know, no, it wasn't. So, so how often, I mean, are we spending the first five or 10 minutes? And it used to be like, I'm type A in a retirement. It used to be like, boom, boom, boom. Let's get going in the agenda, right? Now I've kind of found like, you know what? Even if we spend the first five, seven, nine, 10 minutes talking about how the weekend went, how, like what's going on with their kids in school? What's going on? Like, you know, just with maybe our building in general, what, what am I hearing? Like, what are the big rumors of like, what's the next direction? You know, that kind of thing, I think just kind of sets people at ease. You know, you almost feel it in your shoulders. You're just like, okay, yeah. so now, now we're ready to engage. And if I'm doing it too much operations, I think that I need to schedule some separate time um, uh, more frequently. Like, let's only talk about you and what you want to do and what is this role doing for you? And again, I, what, I was supposed to do a mid-year that would have fallen right in the middle of COVID. It didn't happen. And so I'm trying to set, I'm, I'm trying to set up some mid-years with my folks, you know, next week. And it's not even a mid-year. It's like more like three quarters of the way through the year. Right. But it's like, I, I need to spend some time with them to talk specifically only about them, not about the projects they're working on, what's late, what's dependent, what's the barriers, like that kind of stuff. Just like, do you like what you're doing? How are you doing? You know, and, and if, if like we moved around the board chart, like if, if you were to design your perfect role here at this company today, what would that look like? You know, and I would say like, yeah, I can't do that for you. you know, like, like that's not imminent, right? But at least I know like where do they want to go? And maybe I give them a couple new projects and be like, that one I loved. That one stuck. I hated that one. And I, it's good to know, you know, it's good to know. So I just think like more authentic, uh, you know, you, you're, you're pointing this back toward leadership, but just trying to be a human being, trying to be authentic, trying to be like uh, cognizant of what's going on around us. It's like, it's not all about like the company's initiatives, projects or whatever. And, and I think as long as you, you have that frequent back and forth where I know where they're at. I know that like, Hey, their kid tested positive for COVID last week, or maybe it was a false positive or whatever it might be. You know, those kind of things is just like Tom's listening to me. And I'm also saying that, that I'm not good at that. I'm, I want to get like, how's that project going? Did you have that meeting yet? Did we get that thing signed up? That's what's boiling in the back of my head, you know? But I think we just, uh, myself, especially, I need to take a deep breath and be like, Hey, how are you doing? You know? Yeah, no, absolutely, and I I I understand, and and I think it's um, it's powerful to create the those opportunities that you're talking about, whether they happen yeah. at a team level or at at an individual level. But you're creating the opportunities for those conversations to flow more naturally, maybe more often, not just about a specific work, but more you know uh, beyond that conversations that are about you know, what they may be, may be going through uh, as individuals, yeah. you know, with people who, are, who have a life outside yeah. of, the, uh, of the organization. And one thing that happens with, with the pandemic is that it seems that the humanity in us was pretty much normalized across the board. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is that now we can, you know, I'm looking at your, you know, your football pictures back there. So that tells me, you know, you may like football, right? And yeah. you see pictures of nature back there and you may be saying, you know, this guy likes nature. And maybe that creates an additional connection that we probably didn't have before if yeah. we had been working together at, uh, you know, in the same physical space. So right. I, I think the humanity has come forward, if you will. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And, and I think really at the end of the day, let's fast forward two years from now. What are people going to remember? Yeah. You know, Enrique, uh, you know, he really made sure we delivered on that project. Yeah. I mean, maybe, right? 
but but they're gonna remember like, hey, he respected me, and and it, it really flows both ways. You know, he respected me to the point that like I can go up to him, and I I expect my folks that I work with to do that, like to call me out and be like, this is too much business, or you know what, that came off as kind of rude, or it just seems like you're you know kind of like Tommy business right now, you know, and and I think that kind of two way thing helps is that you know people are gonna remember two years from now. I was like, you know what, Enrique cared. Yeah, that's what people are going to remember. Enrique cared. And that like on that one Thursday when it just all went in the wood chipper and he just said, you know what? Go home. Just unplug. We'll talk to you Monday. Don't worry about how you code your time or is it PTO? Like who cares about that? You know, they're going to remember. He's like, that guy is a good human being. Yeah. And down the road, it's just like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go to I'm going to go to bat for him. You know, I'm going to go to war with him. I'm going to, you know. I hate some of those analogies too, but you know what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, but like I'm going to run a wall, a wall for that guy because he cares about me and yeah. my development, where I'm at. And he, he knows when to push me and he knows when to back off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, and I, I actually love the question of what will people remember actually in, in a, in a different uh, sort of setup, if you will, I have been chatting about the same question when I talk about people who were, doing a lot of events in the HR space, in the, in the physical, in-person space. And they, when we went through this pandemic, they completely withdrew and they yeah. stopped doing everything. And I told them, no, you gotta, you gotta find the way to do it online because this is what's gonna happen. In one or two years from now, people will look back at 2020 and they will ask, who were the ones that were there for me when I needed it the most? Who yeah. were the ones in there when I needed knowledge on how to tackle all these issues that we were going through? Who were there for me? And yeah. they will remember that you weren't there for for them because you weren't able yeah. to uh, to deliver what they were looking for. So yeah. it's it's sort of a very similar question here, right? It's like you know who who were the humans uh, during the crisis that were there for you? I I absolutely love that question. Well, but it's a balance though too, because I, I love what you just said because I really do honestly believe that you see if somebody's true colors when the pressure cooker's on. Right. When the pressure gets turned up, you really see their true colors. And I can think of a couple of examples. I'm sure you can, too, of like where this whole thing, especially at the outset, when everyone's just like running like crazy and figuring out new policies and then rolling those policies back. And just like we're trying to do our best. But you, I mean, you just don't know everything. There's no playbook yeah. for that. What we just answered, you know. Yeah. But you also some people that either completely shut down. They look like a machine that just unplugged from the wall. They're just like, mm. <laughs> yeah. you know. Or the person that was just completely like in spasm mode and like, you're not helping. You need yeah. to calm down, take a yeah. deep breath, you know? And so I think you see people's true colors. Now, the balance I talk about too, though, is like, I'm a guy who I want people to like me. I want yeah. people to enjoy working with me, you know? And so every, a lot of stuff we're talking about here is the happiness. But at the end of the day, we're also running a company. Yeah. So if that means at the end of the day, we got to say, even though we had COVID and this was a huge disruptor, to our business and this, that, and the other thing, we were still able to get this done and we yeah. rolled that out and we finished that. Now, maybe we we're trying to get eight things done, but we can only get three. At the end of the day, uh, it's got to be that balance of like mutual respect and knowing that people care, but we got to get stuff done too. It yeah. can't just be this love fest where we all love each other, but nothing really got done. Yeah. You know? So yeah. so there's that, that, that balance of expectations too. And, and what's interesting based on 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 what's on, on the data that we've seen about productivity and performance during during covid perhaps not at the beginning because everybody was in shock about what was happening but later later in the um, into the pandemic we uh, companies found that people were were being at some point more productive 
and uh, you know with higher performance as well because now they were they were not and I don't necessarily mean to call it this for everybody but they were not in a fake environment where they would yeah. come to work dressed you know all formal because that was the way they needed to dress for work and now they are at home they can be wearing you know shorts and flip-flops and still doing the same work right so yeah. so there has been more opportunity to understand that humans don't need all these things around them to do good work. They can continue to perform well. They can continue to be highly productive if they feel at the same time comfortable in the, you know, with the way they are doing it. And And I love that. So that sort of addresses a little bit of the question of how can we continue operating as an organization? How can we continue running our company? Well, you're doing it, right? You're doing it. Uh, maybe you need a little bit of extra emotional support, uh, mental health support because of all that's happening, but we're, we're making it happen despite all the disruptors that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and I think you get a lot of credit for trying. And it yeah. sounds stupid, but like just trying. So like some of the feedback that we got is like, you know, we rolled out some policies that, you know, in retrospect, it was too fast and we didn't think through it all the way, but we didn't have all the facts. So we're like, yeah. we tried. And then we end up rolling back. And so some people got to use it and some people didn't. And there's probably some people who felt like left out or whatever. So, you know, I'm tactical time here. I'm thinking like, gosh, you know what? In retrospect, we probably shouldn't have done this. And we probably should have done this faster. But when we were, you know, surveying and talking to our people, what they were saying is like, well, you guys are very open. There's a lot of like open dialogue, um, whether it be a phone call or like a dial in with everybody or some frequent communications. And people read through like, there's a lot of effort going on. I know that you guys in the leadership team are meeting every day on this, which is, this means me, you know, like us, how are we doing? And I think we got more credit than maybe I anticipated just them knowing that we're relentlessly working. And, and again, I felt like almost like a hamster on a treadmill, you know, like we're, we're doing so much effort. What do we actually get accomplished? I mean, you know, we had to roll back things, and, uh, but, but it's like, there was a lot more, I think credit than we, than I anticipated about, working as hard as you did for us. Yeah. And it was kind of, it was kind of satisfying to be honest with you. Like, Oh, you know, like they acknowledge the effort. Now maybe it was misguided in some places. Okay. Yeah. But, but you tried. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And that's, that's, uh, that's so important, uh, especially at a time when, you know, um, we're going through, through so much. Let me ask you, what do you think are, should be the, the priorities for business leaders, for HR leaders in 2021? What do you think should be the two or three things they should be putting their mind into? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, I, I think it's it's a follow-up because we're not out of the woods yet. So I, yeah. I think it's not too late to kind of recalibrate and say yeah. like, take an assessment. Where am I at? Like, what will my people think? We, we just finished some 360s uh, for our leadership team. And there's nothing like that. I mean, it just, here's what I think. And here's what they think. And what is my self-awareness, you know, and, and, and things, it doesn't, you don't have to do something formal like that, but just even if we as a leader sit back and be like, what's my brand right now? Do they think that I'm just this hard charger, inflexible, you know, unwilling or unable to hear what's going on, the chaos in my house? Do they not hear that? And so I think it's a good time to take an assessment. But I do think when is that pivot point that we are going to start seeing momentum going the other way? We are going to start, you know, we're starting to see, you know, our businesses is almost at pre-COVID levels, you know, yeah. but we're doing things in a much different way. So we're kind of at that point where it's like, okay, well, maybe this is the new normal for a while. So how do we make it work? You know, and then once we really return to normal, then it's like, okay, it's going to be all the easier, but we kind of got to make, do a mental shift of, okay. So now like we've been going through some planning exercises for next year 
And I think it's really healthy to think about like, okay, here's the big five for next year. Yeah. And what are some things I can be doing now in Q4 that says, okay, look, 2020 was a total clown show, right? <laughs> it was just a total, you know, it, it is what it is, right? But what can I be doing now to really set myself up for some good momentum in the front half of next year that we can start delivering on something? So I think it's a balance. I think it's, you can do an assessment. How am I doing with my people? Mm -hmm. Are they going to be coming out of this forest with me, like exhausted or like, you remember the stuff that they did? You know, I think that there's, there's some great engagement opportunities that can happen there. So it's not too late. Let's assume that 2021 is going to be, you know, kind of mostly back to normal. Let's get after it. It's time to take yeah. the hill again. There are a couple of things that you mentioned that I think are, you know, really, really fascinating, which is one, what you're talking about is what you talked about before, adaptability, right? You, you need to operate, you need to have your job, you need your company to do well, but the, the circumstances are different. So, man, what I'm saying is that we're so resilient that we continue to be productive, effective, you know, delivering high performance in a completely different set of conditions that compared to what we had last year. And then the second thing that you mentioned, of course, was uh, celebrating, you know, the, uh, the achievement of having gone through 2020, having made it alive and uh, all the things that we did, even though we were going through so much uncertainty and chaos. So Thomas, we wrap up this conversation. I want to ask you a, a last question. If there is yeah. one thing that you would tell HR leaders start your journey of building great teams, being more authentic here, what would that one recommendation or place to begin be? Uh, um, yeah, if there was one thing, I would just say, uh, I, I, there's a couple of things about HR in particular. This is our HR family, right? So one thing is I believe that HR is the moral compass of the company. So I think we have a responsibility to set the tone that way, that like there's still a right and wrong. They're still like, are you making decisions in a consistent way, whether your boss is in front of you or not, and you're, you're setting the tone that way. The other part of it is, I do think that we help drive the culture of a company. That's yeah. We're HR. It's what we do. And if we're moping around and dragging our heels and complaining and whining about this, that, or this isn't perfect or whatever, it's just like, that is infectious. So yeah. what kind of, you know, what kind of brand are you taking up and down your hallways on your Zoom calls? on your conference calls with your, are you setting the pace? And I, I think that's a great challenge for us as HR. Is it like when we're coming out of this fog, when we're coming out of these tarpets, whatever analogy or metaphor you want to use for 2020, when we're coming out, is HR leading it with shoulders back, smile on their face, let's go take the help. And I think people feed off of that. And I yeah. think that's our challenge. Absolutely. Absolutely. And by the way, for the analogy, I would use another word, but I can't use it in the podcast. So <laughs> uh, Tom, thank you so much for spending this time with me. Great conversation. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking Nature podcast. See you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.